we're going to continue in our I Am series, looking at I Am the Door. But before we start, I'm going to read John chapter 10, verses 1 to 9. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Before I start, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you just speak to us afresh tonight. Even if some of us have heard these verses so many times, we just pray right now for fresh revelation. Just speak to us, just be with us tonight. Amen. So, as I was preparing for this talk, I was thinking about a trip that I took in 2016 to Rio. It was during the summer, and you might remember that summertime in 2016 is when the Olympics happened. So, in summer 2016, all the countries that were participating in the Olympics acquired a building, and they used it to showcase their country. Now, some of these buildings were open to the public, and some of them were very exclusive. So my sister lives in Rio, and she works for a school called the British School. So because she works for this school, she was able to get a ticket to the British House, which was showcasing all the British activities. And it was in a place called Parker Lage, and she said to me, look, she's got this ticket, should we go? And I thought, it's free, why not? So we went, turned up this building, and it was this palatial-looking building in the botanical gardens. We were quite surprised. So we go in, and we've got to go through all this security. So they check our bags. They check everything that we've got on us. They check my passport. Good thing that I packed it, because I didn't think that I needed it. But they were looking quite closely at everyone's ID. Then after we went through all this security, we go through the building, and then we look out the building to the gardens where all the events are happening. It's enclosed, and it's absolutely beautiful. You've got people serving cocktails. You've got food. And I was just thinking, and this is free. So we helped ourselves. We enjoyed ourselves. And then after we finished, we looked around, and we thought, actually, some of these people look familiar. And then we realized it was the GB Olympic team. So that's why there was so much security. So we were hanging out with the cycling team, and we also met Sir Stephen Redgrave, which was a real treat. 
And I only managed to get in just because of my sister and because she's British and because she works at the British school. And here in the passages I've just read, we've got the complete opposite. We've got something far greater. We've actually got unlimited access to God, the most powerful being through Jesus. Through, through Jesus, we've got intimate, unfettered access to God. And in this talk, I'll use the words gate and door interchangeably. And I want to break it up into three parts. And the first part is access to God is through Jesus. Throughout the Bible, we see references to gates of cities and gates, um, gates to temples as well. And the importance and strength of gates made gates synonymous with power. Hence, Jesus using the metaphor of a door to describe himself when describing access to God. And it's worth noting that at verse 1, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees here, the teachers of the law. And when he says that those that came before him were thieves and robbers, and the sheep did not listen to them, Jesus is implying that these thieves and robbers who were not seeking access to God through him were the Pharisees. And at this time, the Pharisees thought they were it. They thought they were everything. They did not recognize Jesus. In our lives now, we have many doors available to us, and many of these doors are competing for us to access them. So, for example, we've got the door of success, where we might be seeking more in our careers, wanting that validation. The door to societal status, and there's the door of popularity, where we want to be in with certain crowds. And there's also that temptation that's often there of wanting to be popular on social media, wanting those likes, wanting validation through that. And I once heard through Tim Keller that if you want to understand what your door, your idol is, then look at your fears. Because more often than not, when we, when we have those fears, that thing that we think will stop our fears from materializing is more often our idol. At verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. Jesus is the only true door. Where Jesus says he's the gate, he says, I am, which is reference to Jesus as God. We see this in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. When God sent Moses to set the Israelites free from Egypt, God refers to himself as I am. And Jesus is the Son of God. We see in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, that when Jesus was baptized, a voice came from heaven that said, this is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Jesus came to earth and was born to die, so that through him and only him, each and every one of us has access to God, and we have that salvation and eternal life. Secondly, access to God is for everyone. And it's that simple. Access to God is for everyone. Jesus says at verse 9, whoever enters through me. This is the most inclusive statement ever made. Many of you have heard me speak before about the global conversations that took place post-George Floyd. And some of these conversations are happening 
and some of them aren't continuing to happen. But while the world is navigating how it can be more inclusive, and this includes the church, it is wonderful that we can be reminded by what Jesus says, how inclusive he is, that he says that anyone that enters through him has access to God. And this is anyone, irrespective of age, socioeconomic background, race, gender, background, anything, anything we've done, it doesn't prevent us from accessing Jesus, from accessing God through Jesus. Now, some of you might have read this book called Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Longu, and it's a biography. Um, and Stephen Longu was born in Zimbabwe, and his mum left him as a toddler. He then went to live with his aunt, who also didn't want him. So he ended up homeless. Then eventually, he joined an extremely violent gang called the Black Shadows. And during various things for him, to, where he was doing various, various violent things, he decides one day with his gang members to go to a church in Harare and to bomb it. So while he's at the church waiting to detonate the bombs, he's listening to the preacher. And as he's listening to the preacher, he's thinking, this preacher's speaking to me. How does the preacher know what I've done? And then bizarrely, he thinks his gang members spoken to the preacher, but they're there to detonate the church. So he's listening to it more and more, and it's the first time that he's ever heard how much God loves him. And God f forgives all that he's done. So then he goes up to the preacher, and he lays his bombs down in front of him, and he's in tears. And he says that later on, his gang members actually thought at that time that he was actually going to kill the preacher. They didn't realize what was going on. And he lay before the preacher, and he gave his life to Christ. And he became one of the greatest evangelists of our time. Verse 9 says, they will come in and go out. And coming in is almost like coming into God's embrace, this intimate relationship with him through the Holy Spirit. And going out is finding God's wonderful pasture, and that is God's provision, his provision for all of our needs through this relationship. Now, someone going through the door is intentional. You can't do it with apathy. You have to want to go through the door. There has to be a desire to want to go through the door. If you don't go through the door, then you stay outside and you don't get that access through Jesus to God. When you enter through that door, you come into an intimate, loving relationship. So at the front of the door, we're, we aren't alive, we're dead in our transgressions, and then we come through the door and we're made alive through Jesus. And then at some point, our physical bodies die, and then we are resurrected with Jesus where we meet him in the air. And honestly, it is so simple that anyone can access God through Jesus. It says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says, to, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And the last point, access to God gives life. When you access Jesus as the door to God, you are guaranteed two things, salvation 
and pasture. By being saved, it's a full assurance that you will have eternal life. Quite recently, I've been helping out on the bereavement journey, which is a course run at St. Mark's and other churches. And it's made me think about loss more often than I usually would. And I've just been thinking about loved ones that I've lost. So in 2013, my aunt died suddenly. And in 2020, my uncle also died suddenly. And both were like parental figures. And there isn't anything more painful than death because of that physical separation from that person that you love, that you can't spend that time with them anymore. You can't speak with them. You can't hear their stories. You can't, you can't eat with them. There's nothing you can do with them. It's incredibly hard. And I heard once a quote from Queen Elizabeth II's mother that she was asked how she was dealing with her grief some years after her husband, King George VI, passed away. She was asked, when does it, grief, get better, mom? And she said, it doesn't get better. We get better at it. We get better at dealing with it. With Jesus, there is a hope. But I want to make it clear, there's a certainty of that hope. Because anyone who walks through the door is saved. And this is because Jesus was obedient. Obedient to even death on a cross. That means that through his death and resurrection, when we enter through Jesus to know God, although our physical bodies will die at some point, we have eternal life. We have salvation. And on that day of glory, when we meet with Jesus again, there is going to be a huge party, and I know I'm going to be drinking my favorite drink on tap, a non-alcoholic pina colada. <laughs> Jesus triumphed over death. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 14, verses 13 to 18, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Amen. Secondly, the other thing that we will find is pasture. Pasture is used for the sheep to graze on and feed off of. And we heard Martin speak last week about Jesus as the shepherd and us as the sheep. The pasture that's available to us as we walk through the door is spiritual refreshment and peace. 
It's a satisfaction and comfort, and it's real spiritual nourishment for the soul. Where verse 9 says they will come in and go out and find pasture, it is saying we will find the assurance of God's provision for all of our needs. Now, all of us here are on a different journey. Some of us are looking curiously at that door and wondering whether to go through and access it. Others have walked through the door and are grazing away and enjoying the pasture and enjoying God's provision. If you're in this place, enjoy, because the pasture is plentiful. And some of you have gone through the door maybe weeks, months, or years ago, and you're struggling because you once knew that pasture, but you're finding it hard to see it again. And it might be for all sorts of different reasons. You might be having relationship troubles, financial troubles, wondering where money's coming from. It could be that you're experiencing mental or physical health struggles. Or someone close to you is going through this. Or it might be that you are struggling with a hope or a dream that hasn't materialized. And this could be something to do with work, thinking that you should be at a certain place. Or it might be a want for marriage or a want for children or both. And it just hasn't happened. Jesus says at John 16, verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying that life has troubles, but he has overcome them. In the midst of troubles, you will have peace. We all go through troubles, and I've just said, some of us are going through these troubles right now. 18 months ago, I ended a significant relationship. So that means that my present looks very different to how it looked two years ago. And at the time, I was angry. I was upset. I was upset with God. But I didn't stop communicating with him. So when you go through the troubles of life, you need to hold on to God. Even if you don't want to talk to him, make yourself speak to him. Now, alongside holding on to God, you should be doing other things. So if you're, having mental, if you're having mental or physical health troubles, do speak to a professional. Also, if you're going through financial issues, do speak to an organization such as Christians Against Poverty. But alongside this, do hold on to God. And you can do this by praying continually. You can pray on your own. But also, it's important to pray with people that will hold you up. Also, read the Word of God. Even if it's hard, read it. A great psalm to read, which so many of us know, is Psalm 23. The first few lines are, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And this is God letting you lie down in his provision. 
He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. When things get too much, when you want to remember God's goodness, do read Psalm 23. Better still, learn, learn the lines, digest them, digest them and speak them over yourself. God will meet with you through the Holy Spirit. God is always there. Psalm 91 is also a wonderful psalm. There's so many wonderful psalms. And if you're here and you know someone who's struggling, send them a scripture, send them a verse. It is so encouraging and uplifting. I remember one particularly hard time and someone sent across Isaiah 43 to me. And I read and I prayed on it like you would not believe. But it was, it was so encouraging just to re receive. It just spoke to me. Through the Holy Spirit, the word of God provides comfort. God loves each and every single one of you. If you hold on to him, you will be sustained. You will find peace. You will find a peace that you can't get from the world. It's a peace that transcends all understanding. It's a peace that you can only get from God. He will sustain you, and in him you'll find pasture. We have so much going on, and there are so many forums for self-help. But God sent his son, only son, to die for us so that we can get that help through him. John 10 verse 9 sums up life's manuscript. God says, come to me through my son Jesus, and I'll give you eternal life. You will find pasture, and you will find peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray right now for wherever we are in our journey, we pray for each and every one of us, whether that's walking through that door, whether we're looking at that curiously, we just pray for your guidance, for you to take our hand and to lead us through. For those of us that are enjoying the pasture, Lord, we thank you for that provision. We thank you that it's plentiful. We thank you. And Lord, some of us are in a place where we knew that pasture and we want to know it again. Lord, it's there, and we just pray that you just help us to rediscover it. We pray that you just help us to enjoy it in abundance. And we pray all these things through your precious son, Jesus. Amen.